0: You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint.
1: Because Black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z Black girl tea.
0: My name's Lauren and my name is McKean and thanks y'all for tuning in to today's episode. So it is officially the first episode of our second season, which is crazy because it feels like we just launched this like last week. So thanks y'all for listening. You know, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> I feel like we have to do like a quick, you know, recap. We had some pretty dope guests for season one. If we do say so ourselves, if we give ourselves a little pat on the back. <laughs> do you have a favorite episode? Um, I don't know. I think I love them
1: all, definitely. And I think I'm definitely so grateful for all the guests that we had on. I think the conversations that I felt like the most that I could be a part of was, I really loved the body image conversations conversation that we had with Ariam. I really, really loved her and her energy, too.
0: She's, she was great. She
1: just was that girl. <laughs> always been that girl. For real, um, period. And then Zoe as well. That was one of our earlier episodes. But just like being able to chat about the entertainment industry and everything we had there, to nostalgia with our old favorite like TV shows and stuff. Beautiful. I, I think those yes. two are probably my favorite. And Kaima as well, that fashion
0: episode. That's what I was going to say. Kaima yes. was. She was She's great. so like easy to talk to. She was so interesting and like has so much insight. I love talking to her. I would definitely like. Talk to her all day. For real, for real. I was like, let's be friends. Like, I don't
1: know. I forgot <laughs> to recording an episode. I was like, no, let's me more. For like, real, like, please. So much insight and I was like, beautiful. That's like, There's so much progress that we've made too, even in terms of like social media. Thank you mm-hmm. to everyone who's listening who also follows us on social media. We hit, what, 700 on Insta. Yeah, we're at yeah. over 1,000 on Twitter. Over 3,000 downloads as well to all y'all that are listening. Thanks. So, <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate it so, so much. And we're so happy to be doing this. This podcast is my pride and joy. Whenever I talk to you about it, I'm like, so. Literally, whatever I do, like, any interview, if, if it's for, like, sustainability stuff, I'm like, I'll out my podcast for Gen Z Black Women. Right. Put that in there. I'm like,
0: one, like, listen to it.
1: Literally. And I will be like, here's the link. I need you to drop that <laughs> link on your website and put
0: it there. I can't. But <laughs> no, for real. I think if I had to pick favorite guests from season one, hmm. Definitely Kaima. Kaima, I was gonna say also. I also loved talking to Naomi. Like oh, yeah. the fact that I think sometimes we forget that Gen Z is deep. Like there's a lot of Gen Z that is like, I forget the youngest Gen Z age, but I'm pretty sure even Blue Ivy is Gen Z. So like getting to talk to like the younger half of the spectrum of our generation was so interesting and she, you know she's profound like she's done more than most people have done in their lifetimes like speaking to a million people at age 11 in fifth grade like what and, and she just had so much insight and like i also even about that conversation like i valued us being able to talk about like the experiences of being a bl- only black girls at private schools so that was probably my favorite one
1: definitely she I wish I was like that. I wish I was that insightful when I was there. She used a couple right. words, and I was like, I know. She used one word. I remember when she, she said it, each We were other. like, um. she <laughs> each other," And I was like, I know what that word means, but I don't know how to use it in a sentence, and you just said it in sentence. Right? right. <laughs> was, she was amazing. Um, that was great. But, yeah. We're so excited for this season. We are.
0: We have a lot of, like, dope topics lined up, so get ready. Today we will be talking specifically about you know toxic traits we're going to begin with some self-reflection we're nearing the end of the year so we thought it'd be nice to like you know really sit back take some time and like kind of not roast ourselves and not you know like call out the bad parts of ourselves though we will be doing that a little bit but you know just take some time and really like think about the things that we can work on on ourselves, which is something that I think we could all benefit from doing. So that's the topic of today. But you know, before we get into that, as always, we have to get into our Read the Room, the segment we open every show with. So what are we talking about today? So for anybody who is new
1: here, um, basically the Read the Room is the time at the beginning of every episode where we just have a little chat. You know about what's going on in the world what's going on in pop culture black twitter talk about our personal lives answer your questions and more so today we're just gonna do a little bit of a catch up and a check in basically what's been going on and the gap in between season one and season two what's been happening in our lives on twitter and everything in between and yes there's a lot of things twitter's been spicy these past for real it was like we took a month off and twitter was like oh we have new topics for y'all Okay, why don't you pick us off? Let's have a little personal life updates. Tell me about your Thanksgiving, everything that's going
0: on. Go ahead. Yes. So since we last recorded, I think I ended the last, you know, episode of season one saying that I was hopefully going to have a car and I got a car. So that's my biggest life update in the month we've been off. Her name is Layla. I don't know why. It just came to me. And, you know, like, I just feel so free. I don't even be having nowhere to, to go, but I just be like, yes. But yeah, that's that's been an update. Um, you know, classes are still a thing and we trying to push through on that front. We are almost at the end. I see the light. Finals are coming, so that's cool. Um, you know, we've talked about internships, that's still exhausting. But you know, we survive. <laughs> we surviving. Persevere. Persevere. Yep. And on a more positive note, Thanksgiving just passed. And that was a lot of fun. It was a nice needed like pause, you know, really uh, kind of like this episode, it was a great time. Like me and my family, of course, talk about like what we're thankful for. So that was nice to, you know, just like ground ourselves, especially in this crazy year when it can be so easy to like forget all the things that you do have. It was a nice like pause. So how about you, what's been going on in your life? Tell us the tea.
1: Yeah, same thing here with, you know, the classes I'm trying to persevere, to push through. They make it hard. I don't know, something about these online classes has these teachers being so deeply out of pocket. Like, right, like, again, recording this on a Saturday, I just had an assignment due today at 8 p.m. Last weekend, I had a midterm on a Saturday. I don't know, why are you giving me midterms in November? I don't know how the works on that. Right,
0: like mid mid.
1: And midterm, yeah, was not over. it's a new month. New month, new me. What is going on? But yeah, I'm basically trying to push through these classes, push through with these internships, trying to get it all done. I'm excited that Christmas season is on the horizon. That's my favorite holiday. Yes. Thanksgiving's really nice this year, though. I'm really grateful. It was the first time. So do you remember? I think it was the fifth episode we were talking about me not being able to cook. Yeah, was like how how could you how could you I not know. Be able to cook? But I did some cooking. I did some chefing it up. Period. I did so many recipes, but one of my close friends, she was basically like ordering me and my other friend around. I was chopping. I chopped mushrooms. I chopped squash. I chopped onions. I was stirring wow. some pasta. I was doing it all. I'm I proud would have Ratatouille. Listen, I was killing <laughs> it. I was doing great.
0: Not ratatouille.
1: Come on, Miss Remy. <laughs> <laughs> she was there pulling my hair, like, <laughs> telling me what to do. But no, I, I think the best thing that has happened—I mean, not the best thing—but I did have a racist roommate situation, and she did finally move out. Wait, bro, I don't
0: think I even told you all of this. I don't think you even mentioned this on the podcast. Like, you need to tell the girls what happened.
1: But it's so much in my personal life. Like, everyone knows that I had a racist roommate living with me. But no, she was a lot. Um, she was this white Brazilian girl. Um, and she basically came to me and my other black roommate one day, and she's like, "Hey, like, why is the N word offensive?" And I was like, excuse me? Girl, Part of not me. in my space. Not when I'm trying to not, relax. Not in this Negro household. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you say that to me? And then she put on a whole thing, and she ended up saying, like, the N-word in Portuguese. She had a whole thing, and she was like, yeah, like,
0: I've never had any friends of color. I'm like, girl, you grew up in Brazil. There's a hell of Black people in Brazil. I'm literally, like, the most Black people outside the continent of Africa. Make it make sense to me, ma'am." I was like, what
1: are you doing? She had a whole thing, she was conservative. She made jokes about how she's like, Yeah, all my friends are voting for Trump. She just was doing a lot. She was doing a the lot of aggressive. I think that was the biggest one. So basically, my other black roommate, she's biracial, but she's also like six two, And I'm here five seven. And she's like, Yeah, I think I'd be more scared of Lauren in a fight. And I'm like, What? She's like, Yeah, you just like really aggressive. And I'm like, <laughs> It's time for you to go. So. <laughs> but she just moved out on her own. We didn't even have to like push her too much. Never apologized. Never could tried to be like, "Yeah, I'm not actually racist." She just went with it. She was just like, "They found me out."
0: Gotta go. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> she said, "I've been." What is it? I've been made. <laughs> I cannot. That's terrible. Well, congrats.
1: Cheers to that. Glad to be gone When she was moving out, we all just sat in the kitchen and just watched her pack up and leave. Bye. <laughs> i know she's punching the air right now but biden won the election yes but Trump did not win he did not but does he not does he not find out next X- to- <laughs> he knows he didn't win the election twitter was so funny bro i think there was something about like there was one tweet i saw they were like yo like my cousin
0: lives in dc he has a moving company if you need some recommendations let me know I cannot. I think there was, I remember like the day of the election before, at the point when it even looked like Trump might win. I don't know if you remember that. Like, you know, it was like unclear at the beginning until the mail in ballot started to oh. come in. But, was- yep. And so then it was like, there was a picture though. It might have been fake and it, it might not have been real, but it looked like a moving truck outside of the White House. And someone like, Melania, stay ready. She Melania ready was go. like, get me out
1: of here. Leave.
0: <laughs> I can't. Get them both out, please. She divorces him. She's like, I- for real I'm like imagine it's gonna happen she don't even be wanting to hold his hand in public like, that, I was about to say that before man but no it's what he deserves <laughs> for real and honestly it's what she deserves too I feel like a lot of times in public discourse we'd be like pitying Melania but she's also trash she was also trying to convince us that Barack Obama was not American like she was also like, the Michelle Obama's speech and then they never let her give a public address ever verbatim almost <laughs> Her first speech she ever gave as First Lady, she said, oh <laughs> college students know how to plagiarize better than that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, copy and paste. There we go. Underceas. I cannot well good riddance to this the past four years, man. Ooh, chile. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> but yes, that was that was a a kind of exhale. You know, we talked about the election in the last episode, so y'all know how we feel, but. I feel better, but do I feel great?
1: No. <laughs> Will I probably be able to in this country for another four years? Perhaps, you know. <laughs> the Trump was ready to kick us out. He was like international. Students. I think kind of in the vein of, like, Black Twitter and all the jokes, because we are cackling right now. We're cracking up. Uh, Let's do a little black Twitter roundup. I think that's a little good way to sum up some of the things that's been happening over the past couple of weeks. Let's start with the Ken and Diara situation, which, so, basically, for anybody who doesn't know, but I feel like most people probably would, they're basically a YouTube couple, I would assume. I guess it's a way to describe them. But, I mean, they're known for being, like, you know, couple goals, I suppose. They go on, like, trips together.
0: They do a lot of videos. I think they're engaged. Right, for years, too. Like, they've been, Black couple of YouTube for like years, and they're so young. <laughs> Literally, I think
1: I remember them maybe not middle school, but like early, early high school. I remember them being a mm-hmm. couple. So basically, there was a whole a video, I guess, that went around of Ken, and there was some girl outside someplace. I don't even understand the context of that video, what was going on. Meaning, apparently, touched her butt in the video, and then all of you know, Twitter was like, oh my gosh, if even Diara and Ken are cheating, how will I ever find a man to love me? And I'm like, love doesn't (laughs) exist. My heart is broken. I'm like, you don't even know these people. (laughs) My thing was, first and foremost, I don't like YouTube couples. I'm sorry. I'm not ashamed to say it. People who like spend all day just watching these couples. And YouTube couples are a disease. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It's a fact. I literally saw a tweet this morning. Like, imagine falling in love with somebody. And then, like, uh, they that up. want to start a YouTube couple prank channel. I, 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 We're breaking you know, up. We are breaking <laughs> I feel like the funniest thing about that whole situation is that because YouTube couples are so, like, awful, I guess. And I guess that's how they make their income. His whole thing was, like, I didn't cheat on Diara. Um, basically, he would rather be accused. Of
0: sexual harassment than cheating, like you get a choice, dude. right? Like his apology was like, "Yeah, you know, the only thing I did wrong was inappropriately touching her butt, and you know that's not cheating. It might be sexual harassment, but so I cheating. mean, a <laughs> a between cheater. Cheating and sexual harassment, and you chose sexual harassment over. I was wait, like,
1: "Wow, wait. that's it make it I make sense. a lot like, to it just... unpack here." Um, I. I yeah. hope is doing well. I hope she's having an amazing day today. Me too. That's all. Like I, I don't understand the context of how he just ended up touching her. But he's like, I don't even know this girl. I met her five minutes ago, and when I touched her. and I'm like, you think that's better
0: than right. cheating? That's <laughs> still a problem. You still owe her an apology. <laughs> you unbuckle them an apology. <laughs> I can't. Men. I hate them all. Mm. Yeah. On to okay, okay. On to a problematic black woman who we love.
1: <laughs> we love. But- we love. Love. We're gonna, we're gonna preface with we love yes our our original VP. Okay, we do, we do.
0: <laughs> VP Kiki Palmer herself, True Jackson herself. So there's been a couple things with her. One, I'm gonna only talk briefly about, and then the other we'll get into. So she one there's a little controversy because apparently she's like dating a white man. Not a problem. None of my business. But we did want to note it. But also more controversial with Miss Kiki Palmer in the past month is she made some comments about EBT cards and like, she was like, what did she say? She was just like, if you have an EBT card, imagine if you could only buy like healthy foods with an EBT card, like imagine how much better we would be. And then everyone was like, girl, like. Do you think they'd get like all the money in the world like chips are cheaper than lettuce like and also like let people buy their snacks if this, <laughs> it's not your business like girl people are basically coming for her for like trying to like demonize poor people and making unhealthy choices as if most people on ebt cards aren't also in like food deserts but anyways but anyways we you know she, we, we let that rest so people came for her and then she tried to like fight back and she was like y'all y'all like i know what i'm talking about i have friends who are on ebt cards like she was trying to make it seem like no i i'm well in my right to speak on this whereas like but you probably you've been a star since like 13 how many millions do you have and like wh- why should we listen to you about this you don't you don't know but anyways it was one of those moments you know again where celebs could have chosen to be quiet and they didn't she took the summer walker (laughs) route exactly and they did it she really did take the summer walker erica badu route like just chatting for no reason (laughs) literally on a random like tuesday i'm like nobody (laughs) asked maybe nobody Please.
1: Real. <laughs> I'm just saying, people enjoy their I, food, like, In a pandemic, please. How are you about? <sighs> Please. I'm kidding. I can't. Yeah. People. I don't really. <laughs> we love Kiki. We love Miss Kiki. Kiki, but please. And I think, but in good news, literally, good news. <laughs> good news. See the pun I made there? Do you see? yep, yeah. that was great. That was great. But Meg's album listen. Period. I am so here for it. Body lives rent-free in my brain. I'll literally be in my Zoom class and all my brain's just going like body yada. yada. That's it. That's it. Twenty-four-seven. Bob
0: after Bob, like the album of the year. The album. The album. Inspired, honestly, the first song. When I I I'm, I'm gonna admit, I haven't listened to the whole thing you, yet. I've only I, listened to the first like seven songs. I forgive me, I forgive you. But the first song, but from the first song I knew. You, do you do? I was she like she killed it. She, <laughs> she really just ate, like, the whole however many minutes,
1: skated. Mm. Immaculate. She did a great job. I'm so, so proud of her, and I'm glad she's getting her flowers. So we're going to have a little m- hype-up Meg moment right now with what we're going to do. Let's just talk about all the things that she's done literally over the past couple months. GQ Rapper of the Year 2020, ET yep. Artist of the Year, opened yep. the new
0: season of Saturday Night Live. Yep, and, and still managed to shout out, Breonna Taylor in a performance on SNL. Like, it was just ugh. iconic. Our queen. Right. Our queen. Wow. Queen. We're going to do it for black women, but black women. That's it.
1: Period. Oh, wow. Period. She <laughs> was also Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. She was the cover. And that cover is the cover. With the, the braid.
0: In the gold dress, in the thigh. <laughs> uh.
1: It literally, I think we talked about this before, but it reminds me of that like gif of Beyonce where like the braid falls mm-hmm. on her shoulder. I'm like, black. And, and she like flips it yep and- come on black girls from houston we see y'all <laughs> but it was amazing i'm so we're so beyond proud of her and even though he who shall not be named tried to come with a little mm. album or whatever blue, 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 that nobody blue. listened to because like she ate that shit up and she was amazing
0: she did i love her. great job 10 out of 10 literally like we have no words. This is a this is a Megan the Meg- Stallion Stan podcast. Amen. Like, <laughs> Amen. Just so y'all know. <laughs> but also, you know, in the vein of music, there's been a lot that's happened. There, it's like almost award show season again. Like nominations are coming out, and a lot of awards are happening. Um, some notable ones, Chloe and Halle, who y'all know. Also, a Chloe and Halle's damn podcast. <laughs> Literally, from the very first, first episode. episode of the podcast, <laughs> they've come up like every time. But they got five nominations for the BT Awards, which is major. They also were nominated for—I don't know the exact number—but they were nominated for a few Grammys, as they should, because that album, like what i just i listened to it again the other day and i was like wow like they really did not sleep on any track so yeah. that was dope they also the grammy nominations mm-hmm. came out which we just said but there was some controversy That's- there are some major you know like black woman moments notably kika who was also an xxl freshman list rapper she was nominated for best new artist which is major right And like that once you win that award like justin bieber won that award and that's what put him on so like that's a major award but also you know of course there were a good number of snubs and i don't know if you all saw the tiana taylor tweet but tiana taylor was one of the snubs because she put out a pretty good album this year it was long not gonna lie there's a lot of songs on there but they were good and you know she tweeted i'll just read her tweet because it kind of named all of the other sort of black women and jojo who's not black but also was snub because the r b album of the year nominees were hey. all men every single one of them Woo. which is crazy so tiana taylor tweeted she just listed the names. she said brandy her kaylani summer walker victoria Mon- monet janae aiko jojo ari lennox sizza tinashe like she said the list goes on and on but you know you are loved and appreciated over here mm-hmm. so you know like it, it again it goes to show like i really think it's time we start putting more weight in these bt awards like i don't think we should rely on no white institution we've heard their music why do we think exactly they- <laughs> that dr umar <laughs> thing
1: where he's like why do you need white man paperwork <laughs> why do you need this man's award <laughs> put it in the B&T award. we don't need it like don't need it, it. keep it. it but also like do give us the i mean gift. give it to us anyway because we like to awards right. from y'all but come on I just feel like it's so so unfair like all the people that she listed even though I might not listen to all of them as much like some of the people that I saw nominated I'm like I mean no hate to Taylor because you know during my little angsty teen years I used to listen a lot but like who was chatting about folklore I've I've heard absolutely nothing about those albums who's folklore that's that's the album that she dropped oh Taylor Swift's album yeah, oh girl that? My point that's it. thank you for that I was like, whose name is Folkmore? Exactly. So I'm like, nobody's talking about that album. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's whatever. I'm I'm happy yeah. that Savage got so many nominations because that
0: was a bop. For real. They first. said this is the only black song we're going to acknowledge. And it's a it, good one. And they did acknowledge it's it. It's nominated, They acknowledged like, it a lot. A good number of awards. But yeah. But Meg also did get some Grammy yeah, noms. I so did. you're happy about, happy about that.
1: that. But anyways. The last thing we wanted to talk about was the Fresh Prince reunion. So I feel like in a lot of our like episodes, we have been talking a lot about like, you know, 90s black TV. And I feel for me, Fresh Prince was one of the shows that I watched like religiously, like it was always on my TV. Knew all other characters. I thought that I was going to be Ashley, like I just related her <laughs> so much. But so seeing like that they had the reunion that happened on HBO was so, you know, nice and heartwarming to see. But I think the part of it that struck me the most was as we all know and makina and i were just talking about this a thing that hollywood loves to do is they'll have a dark-skinned car- black woman for the first season and then next season all you know is just this light-skinned girl and you're like where did you come from right. my wife no kids, comment like no context no nothing it's just my wife and kids did it fresh prince did it with you know aunt viv and i think mm-hmm growing up i don't think a lot of us since we were so young really understood what the controversy was or even like the weight that a controversy like that would hold but seeing you know aunt viv i don't remember her name and i feel really bad referring to her as dark-skinned Aunt viv but i don't i think her name is janet i'm gonna call her janet um but basically she really really opened up about you know how that impacted the rest of her career and i think what something she said was like it's hard enough to be a dark-skinned black woman but calling you know, a black woman in Hollywood difficult is literally the kiss of death. And she was talking about how it was so hard for her to get work after that. She was talking about how that just really, really impacted the trajectory of her career. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough, like how it's already so, so difficult and how even within like race, there's also intersectionality of how much power like black men hold over black women. And just Call her difficult that one time, get her fired. And we never heard from her again. Like, I don't think I saw, ever saw her in anything else. And she was so, so no. talented. I think that's right. so sad. And I mean, a lot of people were saying, like, we're glad that she maybe got the closure that she needed on that situation. But how does that make up for, what, 30 years worth of
0: opportunities lost? Right. Like, so delayed. Like, finally. But it, it was a little bit like, dang, now yeah. y'all do this? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, but that was profound to watch. Like, that... It, it's just, you felt, it was real and I, I it was sad. It really was like, you felt for her. And we always kind of joke about Aunt Viv like, you know, we, we joke about it, we, we use it in lyrics. We talk about dark skin Aunt Viv all the time, but we don't, you know, like that really was like a, a career that was like completely undone from one little comment from Will Smith, who was like 20 at the time.
1: and that just held more weight over I just can't he was I think Fresh Prince was literally his big break basically she'd been in the industry longer she I just can't it makes me Mm so upset but even thinking about like how frequently that probably happens like we know about Aunt Viv because I mean we all grew up on Fresh Prince but think about all the people we literally never heard of again or who never even made it onto the screen in the first place because of like that
0: Recastings before they start, right? Yep, but mm. anyways, that was worth watching. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. But you know, moving away from the read the room into today's discussion, which again is about you know self reflection, toxic traits, you know, really just really roasting ourselves, but with care and with the intention of learning and doing better. That's how we're phrasing <laughs> it. <laughs> yes so we're gonna start off with something simple you know i think with our generation we all have different ways of categorizing our our personalities and the things that we do and like justifying them so you know some people rely on like those personality tests other people you know defend how they exist with like their love language test results other people use like their sun rising (laughs) you know i don't know nothing about (laughs) nothing at all (laughs) i was like wait wait the top three (laughs) some people use their zodiac signs to you know defend and explain their behaviors but at the end of the day whatever you use to explain it is one thing but however you adjust to it is another so first we're going to start off with like just so for anyone who's listening who actually really does believe in and pulled weight in those measures of personality we just wanted to let y'all know who we are beyond the chats beyond the labs
1: (laughs) we'll start with astrology and maybe i'll take the reins a little bit because McKean doesn't really understand what i'm struggling. struggling but it's okay but i think i do to a certain extent i don't know i feel like for me it's comforting to believe in astrology and to see it but i also feel like to a certain point, I can acknowledge when I don't think that things are accurate. So for me personally, I'm a Cancer Sun, I'm an Aquarius Moon, and I'm a Leo rising. I think the reason why I can place some weight in it is because basically the first time I asked my mom what time I was born, which is your rising sign, I think, or maybe it was the moon, I don't know. But maybe I don't know that much either. (laughs) Girl, if you don't know. (laughs) But basically she gave me the wrong birth time. And she told me that I was born at 7 a.m. and that would have made me a cancer rising. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense or whatever. That doesn't feel like that's me or whatever. And then like a year or two later, she came back and I asked her again and she like had the videotape. And she was like, oh, yeah, you were born at like 8 a.m., which would have made me like a Leo. And I was like, that makes so much more sense. So I was able to like identify that like that cancer doesn't seem right. And it ended up not being right. Maybe that's just a coincidence. Maybe I just didn't want to be double cancer because that's the emotional one and I'm like I am not I am not out here crying every single day, but I definitely can like see it in me when I like reflect on myself, I definitely see the cancer in me, which is more like sensitive and nurturing but also the Aquarius, which is very like logical and to the point and like the Leo, which is where I think a lot of like my confidence and being extroverted comes from but again, I probably could spin anything to pick out different characteristics of me, but I really like astrology. I also do tend to judge people based on their astrology just a tad, just a little bit. I just <laughs> just is- because I feel like I have had bad experiences with certain zodiac signs. And I'm like, I oh, don't know if I trust y'all. I don't think I like that. But I don't know. McKean, what's your chart? And explain you. it as you can.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to just read it off. I'm going to hope y'all can <laughs> Okay, so my son, which I know because I now have co-starred, is a Capri- Capricorn, which I think means I'm like about my business and stuff, which I believe is true. Maybe my moon is a Gemini. Don't even know what that means. Lauren just made a face. So I feel like, I'm I'm not, but I have way too much
1: Gemini in my chart, so I don't know. I can't, I, girl. You,
0: I'm gonna just tell y'all. Y'all can do what you. <laughs> <laughs> My rising is Scorpio. Ooh. I have nothing else God.
1: to add. <laughs> knows. I think I definitely do see it in you. I think I definitely see the Scorpio in you. I don't know. I just associate Scorpios a lot with confidence as well, even though they're a water sign. I definitely I feel like the Scorpio I see. Capricorn, I also see. Gemini. It.
0: I don't like that, but that's okay. We'll move on. To the next day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. All right. So next we thought we would just go into like a concept of love languages. And if you aren't familiar, a love language is something that people have used to sort of identify like the ways that you give love and the ways that you like to receive love. And there are a lot of different ways it can be. I think all of the options are acts of service, you know, personal touch, words of affirmation, quality time and receiving gifts. So there are what, five different sort of categories of like how you like to sort of give and be loved so for me i just kind of ranked them i think for me my most important is it's probably a tie between like quality time and physical touch anyone in my life like I will give you a hug all the time I'm always trying to hold hands with everybody (laughs) my cousins be like what do you need to hold my hand right now for and I'm just like just because you know (laughs) like don't ask questions just hold my hand (laughs) I think quality time also you know I just I like to be around the people that I love like we don't even got to be doing nothing we could just be chilling so that's Mm -hmm. nice words of affirmation for sure, like give me some validation Mm -hmm. because I need to hear it. And you know, my bottom two, which is obviously, you know, all of these are to an extent true for all of us, but you know, we kind of rank them based on how much you do and like them. But bottom two for me are acts of service in receiving gifts. Don't get me wrong. I still Mm -hmm. like being- They get that working. (laughs) For real. I was like, you can give me stuff, but it's not my like, Top measure of like, okay, I know you love me because you gave me a gift or like I know you love me because you did something That for makes me. sense. So how about you girl? Um, what are I don't know.
1: I feel like within love languages. There is some controversy. They're like, oh my gosh receiving gifts People are like so shallow, or like acts of service people are really shallow and I'm like child anyways, uh, my top one is acts of service because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, there's something I'm about that action, which is why I also think words of affirmation is my last one, which is very surprising because most people have that like validation up towards the top. I don't know, I'm very much about like actions speak louder than words and like, you can really just say anything, but if your actions aren't matching up, then like that's not important to me. So I think acts of service, just because I'm also like very much a workaholic and we'll get into our self-destructive tendencies later, but my one of my biggest ones is that I put way too much on my plate than I can handle. So I think for me, someone loving me is seeing that and wanting to like help me with that, I guess. And I guess, I don't know, that just works for me. And then there's quality time, physical touch, and then receiving gifts and then words of
0: affirmation.
1: And I think something about the receiving-
0: What can give you a competitive edge in today's red hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing, under license in all 50 states and MLS consumeraccess.org number 3030.
1: I one that I really, really like, which is why I don't understand when it gets, like, such a bad rap, because I don't think it's so much about, like, this is shallow and I'm just materialistic and I like things but there's also something like really romantic like I remember one time there was someone that I was seeing and they were like in a bookstore or something and they saw a book that they thought I would like and they were like hey I saw this and it reminded me of you so I got it for you and I'm like that's really sweet because I feel like also like the types of gifts you get can like show that someone like knows things about you or like they had they were thinking of you and they wanted to get something for you because they thought you would like it I don't know, that's really, really sweet and endearing to me. But it's also interesting that I think I show love the same way that I like to receive it. And I don't know if that's the same thing for everybody. But I think I'm definitely not a very mushy person. Even in my, like, friendships or romantic relationships, I'm like, I'm not trying to be sappy over here. You will not be getting long paragraphs for me. But if you call me Mm -hmm. at, like, 3 a.m. and you need me, I will be there whenever you need me, whenever. I'm, like, very reliable. I will spend time with you. I'll hold your hand i'm gonna get you gifts don't be expecting no long paragraphs with those emojis don't <laughs> make me cringe i don't even like to get them i
0: cannot them yeah good morning that's an interesting point like, <laughs> it's an interesting point to say like i think for me i've been the same though and I, I don't know if this is true for everyone too let us know oh. y'all if you do yours but i think i'm similar I, I definitely think that i've because i know in my head like by like trying to give you a hug or like by trying to hold your hand or whatever it might be is like me giving love. I also understand those gestures when extended to me as like being given love. So I think that definitely is the same for me too. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like all of these matter. And ultimately, if one is missing, it might not be your top one, but over time, if one is routinely missing, like if quality time is constantly missing and it's still it's your bottom one, you're still going to feel that a little bit you know so yes
1: and i think the last thing that we did in preparation for this episode because we do commit we commit to these episodes a lot we do be studying we took this (laughs) long-ass personality test to figure out more (laughs) about ourselves and which one we categorize as so i don't know anyway i don't even actually remember what these tests are called but they're like the
0: personality test I think it's like a, it's a different version, but it uses the same measures as like the Myers-Briggs personality test, I believe. I kind of remember that from psych in like high school. <laughs> yeah, psych. Like,
1: but like if you type in personality test, this is what's supposed to come up. And it's basically divided into a bunch of categories. So we both took the test and we're, I guess let's just go through like if we think it's accurate or not, or what it says about us. It's yes. all about self-affection. So for me, they said that I, my personality type is called a protagonist and it's ENFJ-T. So that is what my, I guess, categorization is. And basically the characteristics of the protagonist are strengths, are tolerant, reliable, charismatic, talented, imitators, altruistic, and natural leaders. And then my weaknesses are that I'm overly idealistic. I'm too selfless, too sensitive. I have a fluctuating self-esteem and I struggle to make tough decisions. Dang. Do you think it's accurate? I think it's due Definitely. I mean, I'm definitely charismatic. I think I'm charismatic, (laughs) but no, no, no. I think definitely, I think I've always seen myself maybe kind of as a leader. I think again, we're going to go into our toxic traits again, but I think I'm very much someone who likes to take control of situations and kind of being in charge. So I guess that natural leadership does make sense to me. Also, like I was saying about the acts of service, like I pride myself on someone who's being like really reliable. If you ever need me, tolerant. I also think about that. It says I can definitely see a lot of these. I think definitely overly idealistic, I would certainly say, I just, I have big dreams and sometimes they're not that realistic and that's very me too selfless again it's us thinking
0: that we could get Chloe and Hallie. for first
1: season <laughs> no. I don't know if we were gonna roast ourselves bro if, if anybody saw the list of people that we had and we were like yeah yeah yeah," we're gonna line these up like we're gonna have Chloe and Hallie, and then we're gonna have who else was a reach do we have, um we have, we have a lot of reaches I just bro. can't even think about there you go very very overly idealistic very much overestimating ourselves um and then I think the sensitive I get selfless because I spread myself too thin and then fluctuating self esteem. I also see a lot. I feel like I probably don't present as it, but I'm very,
0: very hard on myself. And I think
1: that influences. That. Mm. How about you.
0: All right, so my personality test found me to be a campaigner which they said is 7% of the population that quote tends to embrace big ideas and actions that reflect their sense of hope and goodwill. Don't know what that means, but I got specifically, I got ENFP. So like it says my mind is extroverted. My energy is intuitive. My nature is feeling whatever that means. And my tactics are also feeling. Does that make sense? So anyways, do what you will with that, but some of the strengths that it lists, that I think are pretty accurate is curious, observant, energetic and enthusiastic, excellent communicators, knows how to relax, and you know, I'm very popular and friendly. (laughs) But some of the weaknesses that it lists, which I mean, of course, you know, I'm not going to co-sign these as eagerly, but I see some of them more than others. So it says poor practical skills, find it difficult to focus, Overthink things, get stressed easily, highly emotional, and independent to a mm-hmm. fault. I definitely feel the independent say, to a fault yeah. one, and maybe on occasion the poor practical skills, but honestly, the others I'm not an overthinker and I don't really well, maybe I, I do think a, a lot mm-hmm. about things, but I don't really get stressed or like super emotional very easily, so I don't necessarily see those. So, you know, we take these with a grain of salt, fair, as enough.
1: fair <laughs> enough, and I think as we kind of bounce from, you know, what I guess the personality test tells us about ourselves and what we see about ourselves or what our friends say about us. Because like I said, we committed to this episode. So we did go and ask all of the people closest to us in our lives what they thought our biggest toxic traits and self tendencies were. I think before we get into what other people said, I think we should talk maybe a little bit about what we think are like most toxic traits are and kind of i guess maybe even through the lens of like the media that we consume because i think for me especially there are some toxic characters in tv shows and i'm like kind of feeling sis kind of i kind of feel that one i think my biggest biggest one and we've talked about high fidelity before but R- zoe kravitz in high fidelity as rob i kind of related to her way more than i should have and i think it actually did relate to one of the Um, toxic traits that one of my friends told me that I had, which is kind of like, I call it personally myself, kind of like a main character complex or whatever, but I just, I feel like I'm the main character. I'm the star of the show. Like this is, this is my indie movie that we are all living in. But I
0: cannot. So I think
1: her whole, also being very, very idealistic, I think as well, just kind of like, I, I related to that one a lot. And then I think also Tony,
0: Girlfriends, I think we all see a little bit of ourselves in Tony as much as we hate her. For real. No, she, I feel you like there's there's a degree to which we all kind of that's why a villain, the when done perfectly, is like done so well because you have an element that you like see yourself in them and you can relate and like feel pity for them while also acknowledging that they're trash. So definitely feel those two. I think for me, my top one is Gabriella from the Cheetah Girls. I don't know if she was toxic, but and i don't know anything about zodiac signs, so maybe you guys will or won't agree but like i feel like she could have been a capricorn no she seemed like about her business but she also like to a fault again like independent to a fault. like she ended up kind of pushing people away because she didn't know how to have fun and like relax and like be chill like she was so so deeply about her business that it made the people that she did business with not want to be doing business with her so i think that's something a little bit relatable, you know, she was kind of like almost too serious, but you know, like Lauren said, we did survey our friends and family group chats to really get into our toxic traits. And, you know, one thing I did want to note before we keep going, because I'm sure a lot of y'all will be able to relate to some of the things that we identify as our own, like quote unquote toxic traits, but the word toxic is not the most productive word and you know by toxic traits we use that because the word toxic is used so regularly i think it's lost a lot of its weight and like we kind of associate toxic with like inherently bad or like things that you need to get rid of but i think a better way to like frame it is like counterproductive traits or like things that you know again like really aren't contributing to like how you know to to bettering how we navigate the world so we are going to get into those lauren what are your toxic traits Okay, so getting into it, I think
1: the largest consensus was that my most toxic traits kind of, I've kind of covered a lot of my toxic traits before, um, but I think definitely controlling in terms of just, I want things my way. I think I know what's best. Um, Whenever I have like a group project or something to do, I'm very much the person who's like, let's do it this way. Like I'm very much want to be in control of situations and i guess sometimes that's not always very like productive i just want to do like my own thing and want people to go along with it i guess so that's definitely something um to work on um holding grudges i can be petty sometimes i mean happens and then i think the the last two ones the biggest ones were sometimes i can unintentionally be really like insensitive i guess just because i think as a coping mechanism my whole thing is like to make a joke out of everything. And I think sometimes that can be inappropriate in certain situations. So just trying to be more, I guess, you know, in tune with other people's feelings. And then also just struggling with vulnerability sometimes. I think I have a thing where I like to appear strong. I don't really like to open up to people. So I tend to like bottle up my emotions. Um, So sometimes I guess I can come across a little bit as like cold or callous. Um, I don't really like mourn things in terms of like, a breakup or something sad happens i'm like ha anyway and i just kind of move along and that's not really the healthiest thing so those are things that my friends kind of said that are some things more needs to work on and that's it
0: i feel that we have a lot like when we were we kind of just got on zoom and like wrote these out together before and like after talking to our friends but we definitely have some overlap i definitely feel the like controlling ish part of it for me like it's definitely sometimes my way or the highway and i'm not like inter. It, like it's not even to me like i well, well i really just am not interested in hearing <laughs> in hearing anybody else's like idea of how this should be done i'm just like no this is like how i'm gonna do it so exactly and like i've been made up my mind i'll even maybe ask but i'll also just be like mm, no. Eh, no yeah. so definitely <laughs> some of that um i think an extension of that is that I can be very very stubborn in like all aspects of my life. This is something my parents said, this is something my friends said like when I asked them. And you know, my cousin told me that when I asked him, I was like, "What is my toxic trait?" The one word he said was superiority. So I feel like maybe I do have a slight, you know, the reason that I'm so dismissive of other people's ideas is that I just genuinely do believe a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times that My idea is (laughs) better. So I don't, I mean, sometimes justified, other times not, but I do sometimes sort of operate. I don't believe that I know everything, but I do believe that I know more than whoever I'm speaking to. So that's definitely something a little bit counterproductive, something a little bit toxic. For me, you also mentioned holding a grudge. And I felt that to an extent, like I don't hold a grudge in terms of like petty behavior, but for me, like i can't like forget something that was done i might be able to move forward in our relationship together but like it's always kind of like forever going to alter like forgiveness is really hard for me like you have to work very 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 hard and i'm not normally inclined to forgive i'm normally inclined to just be like okay goodbye like we're mm-hmm. done you know what i mean so i'm not always interested in in mending a situation like i kind of feel you when you said like it's just time to move on Like Like I'm just over it, like, and I might forgive you. You might, people might not even know that I'm still like thinking this one thing about that they did that I thought was problematic, but like, it's constantly going to like change how I view people for sure, 100%. Um, The other thing my friends said about me where they said your biggest toxic trait about me is that I'm an only child. So, you know, that might speak to the independent, to a fault, Mm -hmm. I was not raised with siblings. I think i'm pretty good i've been told at least that i don't give only child vibes to the same extent as other only children which i'm proud about because <laughs> like some people will be surprised when i say i'm an only child but you know you meet some only children and it's like dang like i could tell you you never did nothing like so for me i don't like to share it was tough for me having a roommate for the first time in college and like sharing a bathroom <laughs> Like those things are not natural. Very only child energy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my bathroom. I like what? I
0: don't like this. <laughs> like all the shelves are mine. Like these things are not. You know. Like I, that was something to work on. Um, but yeah, that I think that was pretty much it that I heard. And you know, they all kind of are linked. And yeah. If you look at them, like maybe they are from being an only child. Maybe it's just me. Who knows? But like, I definitely can just be like. I'm on my own way. Like, I don't, I don't mind if people disagree with me. I hear you. I support you over there, but I'm not going to come with you. You know what I mean? That's generally like my mindset, which works, but also poses challenges sometimes, you know? Yeah. I really
1: love this exercise. And I think since we're having this episode, like, obviously, yes, it's about like, you know, letting the audience get to know us a little bit more. But I think it's also, it was really productive. Like, I feel like I mean, we might've been like a little bit scared, like, oh my gosh, what are our friends gonna say about us? But at the same time, like, just hearing what it's like to be, you know, perceived from the outside was like really, really helpful, I think. And maybe, I don't know, maybe if you have thick skin, the message I sent to my friend was like, hey, roast roast me, like, read me the filth. And, Literally, you know, I, at, I, at first my good. friends were trying to be too nice. I was like, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Give it to me, give it to me straight. <laughs> I think that's really, really important. in like, being able to move forward, is being able to acknowledge the parts that you really don't like so much about yourself and i think that's so so important in like steps in healing steps maybe even in self-care but also just like in self-awareness to know how to be a better person like you have to reflect and you can't that reflection is scary definitely but at the same time it's so productive and it's so helpful in learning how to be a better person Right. so I, i encourage you also like maybe ask the people in your life be like hey what are like the things about me that I need to work on and what are some things in my life that maybe you don't like so much about me or right. make it difficult to be my friend or be you know close to me.
0: Right and I think the the interesting part about both of ours though is that I think that again like we say toxic but most of these can be used well yes. so I feel like when you are hearing it like the one part that I had to sort of switch in my mind was like okay these are my quote unquote toxic traits, but really these are things that like, it's just something to be conscious about and to be aware of in myself. It's not like, I'm not asking this with the goal of changing who I am, you know, I'm asking with the goal of like, being able to see like, okay, this is how things are perceived. And like, you might've already been aware of them and you might be caught off guard by some, but like, and when you are told them, it's not like, oh, time to like rewire yourself and be somebody else or like to stop being someone that holds a grudge or to stop being someone that's controlling, but to solely acknowledge like, hey, okay, I can be a little bit controlling sometimes, can, like yeah. sometimes that might work well for me in like X, Y, Z spaces, but in other, like in my friendships or like in trying to make weekend plans, maybe that's time to scale back or like something to keep in mind. So definitely, you know, don't approach these with the, the again, the lens of like, these are part of me inherently there are things that I can work on. And maybe there are things that I can change to a degree, but ultimately, this is who I am. And like, yeah. how can I learn to make sure that my behavior aligns with good intentions, knowing these things? Exactly. And I think
1: another part of this exercise as well, and thinking about like, you know, toxic or subtractive, like unhealthy habits, I guess, is a better way to frame them, is not just how you can be unhealthy in your relationships with other people but also how can you be unhealthy in relationships with yourself and i think there was a quote that i heard that also like stuck with me forever and it was basically would you be friends with someone who spoke to you the way that you speak to yourself or treated you the way that you treat yourself and i think that's always stuck with me because like i've talked about before i'm very very hard on myself and that is something that i think is my most unhealthy habit i think i work too hard I spread myself too thin, I could be mean to myself and like overly cl- cl- critical. And I think for me, that was just something that I felt like was internal and was something that I was just grappling with. But the fact that I feel like my friends were able to recognize that in me, when I thought that that was something that was just like secret I'm keeping to myself or whatever, was really, really interesting because it also kind of shows you how the things that you think are internal or aren't having any impact on your relationships can have an impact on your relationships, which is again, part of the reason why we felt like this was such an important conversation to have, but definitely like overthinking and stuff like that. I think it's just so, so important to recognize how you can be unhealthy to yourself and what ha- habits you have might be self-destructive and just your everyday life as well. I think another one I have is procrastination. I can be really lazy sometimes and that sometimes works, you know, to my downfall. Again, I have an assignment that's due today at 8pm. Have I started? Absolutely not. So, that means I'm going to have to like stress out when I had like literally a month to do this. So in that vein, definitely being able to recognize those things. In yourself. As McKeen said, maybe you don't have to change it. Maybe it doesn't have to be like you become a completely different person because of it. But also recognizing that I think is helpful in knowing like maybe this is something that like we could work on just a tad. Right.
0: Yeah, I feel that I was just thinking about like you know we all do a lot to like hold ourselves back whether we want to call it that or not i think for me i will like sometimes procrastinate to the to such great lengths that i'll start to sort of imagine whatever it is that i have to do as like a challenge even when it's not which then i of course, sort of used to justify procrastinating even more you know what i mean so like i have a tendency to definitely like avoid and procrastinate the things that i have to do and I wish I didn't and like I like I think you talked about this in our 20-somethings episode sometimes I do have like days where I'm just like yes ready to do everything on my to-do list that I've been avoiding for months like it's time <laughs> but most days it's just like mm, I'm not gonna do that today I'm just gonna watch Netflix or I'm just gonna say like I definitely do avoid for sure I think sort of another an extension of that is a little bit sometimes I give myself a little bit too much credit like mm-hmm. the opposite of you interestingly I'm not someone who has a lot of a lot of negative self-talk in my head like I <laughs> I honestly might gas myself up too much on occasion and like I think that is a, sometimes a good thing again but like other times it's like girl like okay you can give yourself a little bit of credit but like acknowledge that you still have some work to do so I think that's something that I could work on you know not just sort of telling myself that like I don't think I'm perfect by any degree but like not telling myself that I'm set and like I did what I had to do when that isn't the case yeah um I think another one other thing and I think that is again like the procrastination thing is I like will think about something for a really long time and not I don't even know if it's overthinking I don't know if I would categorize it as overthinking because I'm not like thinking obsessively about it but Mm -hmm. like I'll kind of think out a plan I'll kind of think out like what I'm going to do but I won't do yeah (laughs) Yeah. so I think sometimes I think too much before translating that thinking into action which is you know it's just counterproductive literally it's not productive (laughs) it's helpful it's a good starting place but it's like okay that's the start not the only step And I feel like my last one, this is something I actually learned recently in a conversation I had with my cousin last week was um, I definitely, you know, in thinking about love languages and stuff like that, I am someone who kind of operates under the assumption that the way that I communicate and the way that I choose to navigate the world and like show love to other people is going to be mirrored in other people's actions which doesn't really allow for much consideration of the fact that other people have different love languages and different means of communication and different sort of ways of signaling the things that I like want to hear from them. So you know what I mean? So like sometimes I'll I'll like get a little bit worked up and be like Ugh, like I don't feel like my friends are listening or like they're not showing me enough appreciation or like something like that when they are in their own way but I'm because I'm looking for it again in my way like I am not able to hold space for it or acknowledge it as being there you know what i mean so that's something and like those are definitely moments where i will say in the past like it can get to a point where like if you get so worked up about something in your own head but don't communicate it like you might never acknowledge that like oh the thing you've been looking for has been there the whole time but not in the way that you were prepared to see it and so those are definitely the times when it's like most helpful for me, I've learned to like talk about it. Like I told I told my cousin, I was like, I don't be feeling like y'all are listening when I'm talking. And I, he, cause I was like, you guys be on your phones or something like that was the conversation we had. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, I'm still listening. And like, I try to show you that I'm listening in X, Y, Z ways. And I was like, okay, like, you know, there was a middle ground to be found to sort of, I guess, balance and acknowledge both of our like standards of communication But ultimately we wouldn't have gotten there if we didn't have that conversation of like hey this is how i feel you know so that's definitely some of my counterproductive like to myself traits that's what i got
1: (laughs) fair enough i think it's yeah like i said before i think this exercise is just really really great and like i said before i encourage everyone to give it a try but just getting to know yourself and having that self-awareness i think is just really really important and how you just navigate day to day life, like not just in your interactions with other people, but just how you interact, like with yourself, the self-talk. And I think kind of as a concluding thought for this conversation is just, you know, we didn't want to do all of this and just and not give you some, not right. but like what's the next steps. So I think also in conversations, it's like, OK, so what's next? Like now that you know all these things about yourself, now that you've heard what you can work on, like how can we do and be better? So right. I think i'ma let mckean get into yes. it but we really did want to like have an educational aspect at the end of this episode kind of be like what are the professionals saying like right what are some ways to stop your self-destructive behavior and yeah just be a better person
0: right. and for the record like you know we've talked a little bit up to this point in the episode about like things that we've learned to be tactics to work against these but like we don't know these are things like we said i talked to my cousin about that last week like these are things that we are still learning about ourselves like we're not the pros. So we kind of looked to the pros for some information for this closing part. But, you know, there was, a, there were, I read a few articles and I found, you know, the same things sort of throughout. There are general like steps about, you know, moving, being, making these sort of counterproductive traits a little bit more productive. So the first one that like everyone said was basically acceptance, feel the pain. Like if, if, If your toxic trait is causing you sort of pain or like discomfort in any situation, whether it's in yourself or you notice it in your social interactions or your relationships with people, feel it, acknowledge it. Like maybe, you know, the example that the article gave is like maybe if you are like in distress, it moves into action. Like maybe you're eating out of control and that's something that you wanna change. So it's being able to call it out, like call out exactly what the problem is and to feel it. And then again, the second step is kind of, again, like that acknowledgement of the problem. Like, look at it, name it, don't run from it, like be very explicit about what it is. And like, think about, you know, the thing that we did in this exercise, because at first we were just trying to think of toxic traits on our own. And we realized that that was a little bit difficult because we do be giving ourselves a little bit too much credit. So that's where it might be. Ask your friends, like, and, and this is a space for you all to like have, A productive conversation about each other because i think the one thing about friendships is that like we often know what our friends toxic traits are like you asked we both asked our friends and they could tell us like that but we haven't heard them say it in that way before so you know this is a, a really good exercise and like you can have ask your friends what your toxic traits are and then my friends immediately after i asked them asked me to tell them theirs and so it just left room for like you know, there are things that we do that we think go unnoticed. There are things that we notice about other people that bother us that we never speak on. Like, that is a time to sort of move towards healthier communications in our relationships with other people by like naming the problem, asking about it and like really getting into it. And like we said,
1: it's not easy. And I think something with these conversations, you do kind of have the tendency to be like, okay, I'm going to fix this overnight. It's a journey. Self-love is a journey, especially when it comes to positive self-talk this in general just you know having the self-awareness and being able to act on it especially if you're a procrastinator like us it's gonna take a while it might take a minute but definitely the biggest things that we're like seeing here in terms of just how we deal with these toxic traits how we you know cope with our self-destructive tendencies is communication and then being with honest with ourselves and just you know not being hopeless and knowing that there's action that you can take and these negative thoughts that have been placed on you these negative thoughts that you see in yourself it's not that they're permanent. It's not like they're final. It's the end all be all. Like, I don't like this, this about you. So that's it. You can't change it. You're incapable of like, you know, moving and growing and be better from it. You can. And I think that's something that's definitely comforting in conversations like this and why it's so important to have conversations like this. And yeah, moving forward, I think this was, I think
0: this was a great talk. I think this was a chat I need today. Yeah. Yeah. We need to check in on ourselves more. And like, cause you, you, we, we navigate so regularly the world without like saying to ourselves what we know is there. Like when we sat down to name our toxic traits, we don't do this yeah. often, but we did have ones that immediately came to mind. And so like, just say them and don't be afraid of them. You know, like you know them in your heart and like, you know also that when your friends tell yeah. you them they're not telling them to you because they hate you. Like they still are your friends and want to see you thrive. Like this is the time for us to all like learn ourselves and we're still growing and learning like the ways that we exist in the world which is the beautiful part of it like that's the one thing and I I know I've said this in the past episodes, but we're like 12. Bro, like we have so much life ahead of us like and this is a constant exploration that I don't think is ever ending so I'm not like looking forward to like turning 30 and like finally knowing who I am and like knowing everything but like it's exciting that like we're able to begin this now so that we have these tools to serve us for like the rest of our lives. Like that's amazing. So I feel like that's something to feel good about. And you know, Yay. look forward okay. to Okay, I'm
1: glad we were able to end this conversation on a on a higher note, because you know, it could begin a little, you know, a lot of self-reflection. But yeah, <laughs> this was a great chat. And I think kind of ending it, rounding it off the way that we always do is
0: just a little check in about what's bringing us joy right now. Honestly, I found this new, I found this new, one benefit of having a car is I found this hiking trail nearby that I've been taking my dog to a lot instead of just like walking in our neighborhood, and that's been so nice. Like I can just you know pop him in the back seat and we go, and it's been. I'm gonna go right after this, so that's definitely my bringing me joy. I'm trying to like, you know, it's like that time of year where it starts. This is a one downfall of fall and winter, and you know I love this season. I love every season, but I love these getting cold and like snuggly, but um. It's, I'm trying to be outside. It gets dark at like 2 p.m. <laughs> it's like cold, it's like 20 degrees overnight. So, you know, I'm gonna put some layers on, but I'm trying to enjoy oh, yes. the outdoors until the snow stops me from doing it. So that's where I'm at. And, and actually another thing bringing me joy. I know you guys, I told you guys that I gardened. That was my like summer quarantine that's project. Great. I finally harvested my collard greens and I got to eat them on Thanksgiving. It was amazing. Yes. So that was, yeah, well I let my auntie make them, I don't know how to make (laughs) collard greens, I just took them over there. (laughs) I'm not American,
1: leave me alone.
0: Okay. I I saw how you looking. Ah! You (laughs) caught me off guard. You really (laughs) caught me off guard. You said you don't know what collard greens are. Oh my God. I'm going to bring you some one day. Please do. I'm
1: picturing string beans in my head, but I feel like that way. No,
0: no. They're literally, people are not going to agree with me on this, but it is the best Thanksgiving dish. And I rest my, that's the hill I'm going to die on. (laughs) Are you sure that's the one? For real, okay, honestly, the throw one? the mac and cheese away. Throw the yam oh, away. Oh, all right.
1: That's, that's <laughs> so, at the end of this podcast, we will no longer be making any episodes.
0: <laughs> Not throwing the mac and. Cheese. I know, I know, I know. That's why I was like, okay. Anyways, um, to do it. <laughs> how?
1: Anyways, so. I know I make fun of you for the outdoors, but I have been going to parks a lot more recently. I've been going on like walks and stuff. I think maybe exercise, kind yeah. working out again. It makes me feel better. I went thrifting yesterday. I've just spent a lot of time with my friends recently. It's been really fun and refreshing, just doing a lot of cool things. So yeah, outdoors. You love to see it. That's it. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of season two of Black Girl Blueprint. And yeah, we can't wait for you all to
0: tune in to us. This was a much needed conversation today. A lot to unpack about ourselves. You know, this is the beginning but until the next episode until next friday make sure you keep up with us on instagram at black girl blueprint and on twitter at b girl blueprint where you can send us any questions any discussion topics any guests you want to see like literally let us know this is a conversation we just be talking to ourselves but we want to hear from y'all so like let us know send us in you have any confessions that we can talk about in our read the room if some stuff happening in your life like let us know we, we want to hear it
1: and if you like this episode, let us know by subscribing and leaving a review. You know, a, a little, little fun.
0: Little, uh,
1: so, so. We'll say a little nice something to us, you know. Um, but yes, thank you and see you yes. guys all next Bye. week. Bye. Bye.